available for sale. And uh, so anytime in the next few weeks, uh, you can put your name on that and we're going to be ordering them as we, as we need them. We're kind of pre-ordering them so we know how many to buy. So if you can help us out with that, that would be great. All right. Well, to start off, uh, we're talking about joy today. And to start us off talking about joy, I thought it would be great to start with a couple of funnies. You ready for that? All right. All right. We'll see how funny they are. It was the night of the Christmas, uh, children's Christmas production. And, uh, and little Johnny was upset because he really wanted the part of Joseph. And he didn't get it. Someone else was given the part of Joseph. And he was given the part of the innkeeper. He was d- disappointed. Because he was a little bit bitter at Joseph and Mary, right in the middle of the play, he thought he'd throw a curveball at them. And when they came to knock at the door to ask if there was room in the inn, he opens the door and he says, sure, come on in. And, and, and little Joseph, little thrown off, but he was pretty, had a pretty quick wit. And so he sticks his head in the door He looks around and he says, this place is a dump. I'd rather go sleep in the barn. I guess it wasn't as funny. It'll it'll sink in. It'll sink in. Little girl was watching her mother prepare Christmas dinner uh, uh, for the following day. And... As she's watching her mother, you know, and her mother's humming away to Christmas carols, and she thinks this is the perfect time. She says, Mommy, can I please have a cat for Christmas? And her mommy replied, No, you'll have turkey like the rest of us. All right, all right. That that was like uh, moderate. Good, good, good. That was... A dad joke, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we're on week three of our series, The Gift of Christmas, and again, our core message, the, the, the foundation of this message is thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. And, uh, you know, as we, as we celebrated uh, communion this morning, it reminds us, as we said, of, of just how rich and how deep the gift of Jesus is and how amazing Christmas truly is because of Him. And today as we, we talk about joy, week number three of the, the gifts, part of the part of the package of the gifts of what God has given us in Christ. These gifts of hope and peace and joy and love. And as we've said, these things are such amazing gifts, such indescribable gifts, because they're the very things that every human heart longs for, truly longs for. And that, that as humans, we go looking all kinds of other places to try and find hope, to try and find peace and joy and love. But anything 
where we try to find lasting and true hope, peace, joy, and love outside of Christ are counterfeits. They cannot truly sustain and cannot truly fill our lives. But we have to go to the, to the source. We have to go to Christ. And as we look at the story of the nativity, the story of the birth of Jesus, as we think again of the, the shepherds in the fields, unsuspecting on that night, just doing what they do, just looking after their sheep, getting them tucked in for the night, sitting around a fire, maybe sharing stories, and suddenly there was an angel came and visited them. And, and he declares in that moment, do not be afraid and do not advance my slide. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Jesus being born is amazing news. Not just because there was a baby born. Not just because another human came into the world. But this was a birth that would bring great joy for everyone. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Amazing that when Jesus was born, joy, a new kind of joy entered the world. Isn't that awesome? We had a whole new reason to find joy. The moment Jesus was born into this world. Great news. Amazing news of great joy. So I, wanna, I want us to look today for a few moments at uh, joy is a gift. Joy is a choice. And joy is our destiny. Joy is interesting. In the New Testament, the word joy is the Greek word kara. Kara, which is similar to the Greek words charis, grace, and charisma, gift. So that really means that the, the joy that someone feels when they get an unexpected gift, something they've dreamed of or didn't dare that believe that somebody could give them, an amazing gift. And, when, and, and the joy of that discovery is really the picture that was meant to capture the idea of joy in the New Testament. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Joy is discovering the amazing blessing that you have in knowing God. The problem, I think, is that some of us some point in our lives, as we might say, we, we, we got saved, we prayed a prayer, we made a commitment to Christ, and then we just kind of stopped there. We opened the gift, we saw some of what was in the box, 
And then we closed up the box and we put it on the shelf and we said, oh, I've got a wonderful gift. And then once in a while we maybe take the, the gift off the shelf and we hug it. Oh, I got a wonderful gift. But if we're doing this thing right, the journey of walking with Jesus, if we're doing this thing right, we should continually have the joy of salvation because we should be continually discovering the new delights that were included in the box. It wasn't a once-for-all thing that, that we just then move on and forget about, but every day we get to unpack the amazing gift that we received. New levels of knowing and walking with Jesus. New encounters in His presence. Presence, C-E, right? When was the last time you had a surprising, joyful encounter with the presence of Jesus. New adventures of faith in Him. New gifts of the Spirit that He wants to open in your life. James says this, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give you birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all He created. Your heavenly Father absolutely loves you. And He absolutely loves to give you amazing gifts. He does. He delights to give you a gift. Like a parent or grandparent. Don't, don't you, if, if you have kids or grandkids, don't you or didn't you love that moment of watching them open a gift that you, you bought because you knew it was going to make them squeal with delight? And watch their eyes light up and watch them just the beam with joy at the gift that they opened. Where do you think we got that? We got it from our Father who loves, who, who, who loves to watch His kids beam with delight when they discover a new aspect of what it means to follow Jesus. A new part of the gift and if you haven't been surprised lately with something from the Father, maybe, maybe you've drifted a little distant from Him. Maybe it's time to, to get your heart recentered on that relationship, leaning into Him. The reason James says at the beginning of this passage, don't be deceived. Dear brothers and sisters, is that, is that there is a deceiver, right? There's a deceiver who wants you to believe slanderous things about God. Wants you to believe 
that the hard stuff that you're going through is God punishing you because he's really ticked at you. Don't believe it. That's not how God works. He wants you to believe that God is a moody God and He only does things that are nice when He's having a good day or when you've been a really good kid. And those days don't come very often, He wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that other people get to have joy, but not you. Don't be deceived. God has good gifts for you, folks. I want us to look at, uh, this is going to be a little, this passage of Scripture we're about to read, is, it's a little heavy, but I want you to hang with me because there's some, some rich stuff in it, okay? You ready? Okay. First Peter, chapter 1, starting in verse 3. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. New birth. Isn't it awesome that you got to be born into the kingdom of God when you came to Jesus? New birth. You got a new start, a fresh start. Awesome. Into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus rose from the dead, it told us that we have access to resurrection life. And that starts now, but the reality is it also means we will one day be raised from the dead. Death has no more sting. Hallelujah. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. You have an inheritance waiting for you that's better than any RSP. Better than any pension fund. Better than any inheritance you might receive on this earth. And that's not all. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power Do you know that every day you are shielded by the power of God? You have no idea how many things the enemy has wanted to throw at you to destroy you. And I know that you've, I know that you've experienced some tough things. But God only let the things get through the filter that He knew would strengthen and grow you. But you are shielded by His power. Isn't that awesome? Until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Not only have you been born into a living hope, not only are you experiencing that hope now, but folks, there's something coming. Right? There's something coming. That when Jesus is revealed, your, the fullness of your salvation will be revealed. So, so there's no wonder... 
Peter goes on to say, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Thank you. Let me try that again. In all this, you greatly rejoice. Yeah. There's something worth rejoicing here, folks. Um, though, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Mm. Suffering grief and trials and joy are not mutually exclusive. It's what Peter is saying here. We can, we can know that we're walking through grief and trials and struggles. We're actually suffering and still know the joy of God. Isn't that powerful? There is a place to live where we can experience true joy even while we're going through difficulties and trials. Our joy does not come. Remember last week, we talked about how peace, true peace, we often think of peace as an absence of things, but true peace of God is a presence of shalom. The same thing is true of this. Our joy is not an absence of trials. It is the presence of something more powerful than our trials. The joy of the Lord. But to live there, to live in that place, we have to have a living hope in God's goodness and be able to trust Him no matter what comes. And we can't trust Him if we don't know Him. Let's go on. Peter, Peter goes on. These have come, these trials, challenges. These have come <clears throat> so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire. The most pure gold, right? If you remember back, to grade 9 science. Gold is an inert substance, right? It, you can't, it doesn't tarnish. It doesn't, it doesn't rust. And yet Peter's saying even gold, as pure as, as pure as it might be, compared to your faith is just garbage that will, that will fade. Right? Of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In other words, when He comes back. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You are receiving. You're continuing to unpack the box and find the amazing things that were given to you at salvation. Right? 
For the follower of Jesus, joy should be one of the markers of our lives. One of the things that, that proves that we are truly one of His. I've known too many people who called themselves Christians and if they had any joy, they forgot to tell their face. Right? I mean, I, I can't understand a miserable follower of Jesus. And if that's you this morning, here, if that's you online this morning, I want to suggest to you you're doing it wrong. I want to suggest to you that there's more to your walk in Jesus and there's more to your faith in Christ than you have yet discovered. There is more. I want to, I want to read a quote from an old dead guy, St. Cyprian of Carthage. He died in like 250 A.D. But he wrote a letter to a, to a young, to a, to a new believer that he was discipling named Donatus. He said this, It's a bad world, Donatus, an incredibly bad world. But I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people are Christians, and I am one of them. Isn't that powerful? Wow. So joy is a gift. It's part of the package, part of the gift of our salvation. Joy is also a choice. We're not just victims of joy. We don't just experience joy when it suddenly happens to us, when we suddenly have an emotional high on one day in our week. But joy is part of the culture of the kingdom of God. We said, we said that about peace last week. We quoted Romans 14, verse 17, that says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if we are kingdom people, if we are making a choice every day, and that's what it means to be a kingdom person, to make a choice every day to live in the kingdom of God and not in the systems of this world, then along with all the aspects all the other aspects of the heavenly culture, we can actually activate joy in our lives by choosing it. We can activate joy by choosing it. We can lead our emotions into joy by choosing joy. The Bible actually has dozens of verses that instruct us to rejoice. And rejoice is just the verb form of the word joy. Right? 
And, and God wouldn't instruct us to do something we're not able to do because that would just be cruel and that, that wouldn't be like God. So if He tells us to rejoice, if He tells us to choose joy, there must be a way to be able to do it. Right? You with me? Philippians 4 verse 4 is probably the, the most famous example. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice, Paul says. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice, right? Not rejoice in the Lord when you have a good day. Not rejoice in the Lord when your paycheck comes in. Not rejoice in the Lord when, you know, you get good news on the phone. But rejoice in the Lord always, right? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says something similar. Rejoice always, Paul writes there. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will. How many want to walk in God's will? Right? It is God's will that you rejoice always. Hmm. Right? Rejoicing. Choosing to live in joy is God's will for you. So you may say, well, that's great for you, Pastor. But you don't know what I deal with. You don't know my family situation. You don't know what I had to deal with in my family this week. You don't know the loss that I've experienced. You don't know my financial situation. You don't know the depression that I struggle with. You're a pastor. You probably just get out of bed on a cloud of joy and just float through your day. That's Pam. I, that's it's funny, Paul, but I would suggest to you and this includes, I can tell you this because I, I watch her every day. This includes Pam. I would suggest to you that as you look around the room, you have no idea what other people deal with. She has to deal with me. But, but some of the most joyful people that you know have to fight for joy every day. But they know that hope and joy are linked and that they will have no hope if they don't learn to choose joy and contend for it. Well, how can you do that? You can just flip a switch, turn on joy? Well, no, but yes. <laughs> no, but yes. Let me take you to Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 17. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, 
though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. In other words, even though I, we are in complete economic ruin and don't even know where our next meal is coming from, even then, yet, says Habakkuk, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Habakkuk said, even though I'm facing the most impossible situation, I can choose joy. Psalm 66 says, Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give to Him glorious praise. We'll just stop it there. There's lots more good stuff there, but let's just read that first verse again. Shout for joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give Him glorious praise. What if, and there are many places in, in the Psalms and in the Old Testament where it uses this phrase, shout for joy. What if it doesn't always just mean shout when you have a good day. Shout because you're so thankful for something that happened, that, that some good blessing that came along that, that you're just bubbling over with joy. In those moments, shout for joy. What if it doesn't mean shout for joy because you're just so joyful, but what if it means shout to activate joy? Shout for joy. Because then, shout for joy. Because then it says, give Him glorious praise. I want to suggest to you this morning that praise is an act of joy and it is a key to overcoming the weight of the world that wants to press down on you and take away the joy of knowing Jesus. Praise is an act of joy that will, that will flip the switch in your heart. In those darkest, hardest moments, you just stand up in the face of the darkness and shout for joy for the goodness of God and watch what happens. When Napoleon's armies were moving across Europe, crushing town after town. One of his generals, Massena, approached a city in, in Austria with a, with a force of 18,000 soldiers. And the city had no real defense. And the town council met and they were they had almost decided to surrender. They, they just had no way out of this. What are we going to do? They'd almost decided to surrender when the old pastor of the church reminded them that it was Easter and begged them to hold Easter service as usual 
and, and leave their deliverance and their trouble in the hands of God. And so they did this. And the moment they began to ring the bells for the Easter service, the French, hearing the church bells joyfully ringing, concluded that the Austrian armies had come to, to deliver this city, had come to back them up. And they hightailed it out of there. And by the time the Easter bells for church service finished ringing, the French armies were gone. And folks, this incident has been duplicated in the lives of, of courageous Christ followers every day. They have chosen to ring the bells of joy in their heart in the face of pain and sickness and poverty and fear and loneliness and all other trials. And when they've finished lifting up their voice in praise, they've found that the pressure, the pressing in of the darkness, the foe has gone. Let's skip that one. Uh, no, well, I'll, uh, this, this bit I'll give to you short, shortly, okay? Um, you've probably heard verse in the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? It's pretty cool. But it's even cooler when you know the context of, the, of, the, of that verse. Um, Let's do this quickly. All right. In, in Deuteronomy 16, Deuteronomy 16, Moses and the Israelites are, are reestablishing the cov their covenant with God. They're, they're, they're a brand new nation that's just been delivered from, from Egypt. They spent 40 years walking around the wilderness, and now they're getting ready to enter into the promised land, and, and they're receiving the law from the Lord. And as part of the law, God gives them a festival every year in the fall called the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a week-long party. They're to, they're to build booths, tents, out of, out of branches and sleep out under the, under the stars for a whole week and just eat and party and sing and dance and just... Just enjoy life. And, uh, and God actually tells them, be joyful at your festival. He gives them a command. You better not be sad when you're partying at, at the Feast of Tabernacles. Be joyful, right? And, uh, and, and, you know, invite the foreigners and the fatherless and the widows and just throw a big party. And God actually built joy into the annual calendar of the Jewish people because he knew that it would sustain them, right? Fast forward 700 years, the Israelites have disobeyed God. They've been carried off into exile in Babylon. They've come back to their land. They've had to rebuild their city that was destroyed. And, and for the first time in probably 100 years, the law is being read in the temple, or in the, in, among the people, for the first time in a hundred years. And as it's being read, they're weeping because they're so grieved 
at how far they've fallen away from God. They're weeping. And then in Nehemiah 8, Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord. It was the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. This day is holy to the Lord. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go, enjoy choice foods, sweet drinks, and send some of those to, to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our God. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And in that moment, they had to choose joy. Powerful. Lastly, this morning, joy is our destiny. The greatest joy that we can experience here on this earth is just a little taste because fullness of joy, folks, awaits us. Psalm 16, verse 11, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Skip, skip, skip. Um, so we have this idea, I think. We have this idea that this life and that, you know, we, we live this life and then after this short life, for the rest of eternity, we just experience the rewards or punishments of whatever we did in this short little life. C.S. Lewis suggests, and I want to read the quote to you, but I'm not going to do it this morning because we don't have time. C.S. Lewis suggests that this life is the title page of a book that is yet to be, to be read, of a life that is yet to be lived. And when you leave this life and enter eternity, you leave the title page and you enter chapter 1 and you have a whole eternity of joy to experience in the presence of God. Isn't that a beautiful picture, right? Jesus said, I'm going to ask the, the musicians to come. Jesus said in the, in the parable of the, the master who gave three servants different amounts of money and said, I'm going away, I'll come back. And to the, to the one he gave five talents of, of gold. When he showed him that he had doubled his money, says his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you long to hear those words? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Let's stand.
What have we learned today? Learn that to be a follower of Christ is to know joy. And if you don't have joy, maybe you've not yet entered into all that Jesus has for you. Take the box off the shelf and dig into it to see what else Jesus came to give you. I guarantee if you dig, you will find joy. Joy is not just a feeling that happens to us, but it's a choice to live in the kingdom of God on a daily basis. We are called to joy, we can actually choose joy, and we can actually lead our emotions to a place of joy and overcome the attacks of fear and despair that the enemy wants to assault you with. By lifting up a shout, a song, a declaration of praise to God. Shout for joy. And our lives await the fullness of joy. We live for what is coming. This life is just the cover page and of an amazing story yet to be told. So God, I thank you today. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you came, Jesus. That we would know great news of amazing joy that would be for everyone. God, I pray that today, if there's anyone who does not yet know you and does not yet know the joy of knowing you, that that today they would surrender their hearts and their lives to you. Say, Jesus, I give up. And I give it all over to you. Come and rescue me. Come and give me that new birth into a living hope. In Jesus' name I ask. Wow.